0: This is the voice of a woman who no longer works at a job that she hates. (laughs) The straw broke the camel's back, and thank God for that straw. I can't wait to tell you the thing that finally pushed me over the edge and made me say, you know what? Enough is enough. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I finally took a stand. I... Realize that if it came to a point that I'm making a podcast about it and talking about it incessantly that it's taking up too much energy than it deserves. When something stops serving you, you have to stop serving it. (laughs) And the puns around what it is to serve in this world and the fact that my job was serving, it's just too good, too perfect, too aligned. Let me tell y'all, we live in a magical freaking place I'm not saying there isn't pain and suffering and trauma. What I am saying is that if you look for the signs, they will be there. That if you ask to be guided, you will be guided. And the world and the universe and mainly this full lunar red blood moon eclipse in Taurus. I think I got that all right. It sent me. And it threw me. And it caught me. And I made decisions that... I needed to stand on. I needed to stand in my word and stand in integrity. And enough is enough. And I don't know the answer of what's next, but I do know that it's going to be better than where I was. I started recording this when I initially left my job, November 10th, sometime around then. And it is now over a month later. And I've been hard at work (laughs) and all work that feels inspired. My main theme has been not working or operating out of a fear-based survival mode rather than an inspired creative mode. I left my job because I didn't like what it did to me when I was there because I wasn't creating what I was full of. What I was creating was a bunch of shit. I was being fake. I was trying to sell people things. I just, it was energy I didn't want to be in. And aside from politics and crazy things like that, a lot of it was clientele. The neighborhood and the people and the way that they thought it was okay to speak to me, I just realized that I didn't want to work anywhere where it was acceptable or okay for a customer to speak to me in the way that I was spoken to regardless. And I just felt, you know, if I'm gonna be a therapist of some sorts, I'd rather get paid for it with people who want to do the work instead of people that are being triggered just because of my existence. (laughs) So here's story time, babies. So first let's talk about all the exciting things that have happened since I made this change. Obviously it was a huge break. I cried, I was confused, I was scared. However, despite all of these seemingly unstable emotions, whatever that even means, emotions are emotions, I knew I did the right thing. And I can't always make sense of it, and this is why I'm such a huge advocate for being your own authority in your life, is sometimes you can't explain it. Sometimes you can't put into words why you had to do what you had to do. And... (laughs) logic does not always serve us so why on earth would we continue to serve logic and hone and be loyal to that and say yeah okay this makes the most sense in my head so I'm gonna do it because your gut instincts are just stronger and so after everything that happened I quit and I didn't have a plan (laughs) which sounds crazy to so many people and it even sounded crazy to me And I just knew that it was time to go. It was time to be uncomfortable. It was time to leave something that had always been there for me because I had to stand on my own power and my own two feet and my own integrity and my own capabilities to create something new. I had to trust the foundations that I've been building when it comes to networks and people in my life. And you know, as soon as I quit this, I was offered a short film, art directing and acting In Philadelphia, which I just finished, Um, I was looking at side hustles, and I realized I've always wanted to write a book. And though I might not be ready to write my book, I could create a journal. So I created a prompt inspirational journal um, called Intentional Rising Journal, and it's available on Amazon. And I'm so thrilled with it because it's structure for morning and evening routines. You know, rising and resting, and journal prompts and meditation, you know, like passages that you can really cultivate and think about before you do your journal entries. And I'm so excited because it just feels so right. So I created a journal. My show for my pilot is in post-production. I've got this new film I did. I booked this show that's once a month in Brooklyn called The Fantasy Tavern Night, which is like a Ren Fair uh basically big party show uh where everyone even the audience dresses up in fantasy costumes essentially whatever you want you don't have to dress up but we sing and we drink and we play games and we improv and I'm playing guitar in it all these amazing things are happening to me and I want you to know that financially I am still going in circles I had to liquidate some assets, I had to sell some socks, some socks, I didn't sell, I didn't sell any socks, but I did sell stocks, um, you know, looked into some different investments and somehow I'm making it even without a plan, even without doing the right thing. I trusted myself and I am making it work. I... (laughs) I'm paying my bills. I am creating new things. And what I found knowing myself is that I had to put that fire under my ass. I had to leave. I wasn't going to create anything new until I made space. Because even when I wasn't at this job, it was sucking energy and life from me even when I wasn't there. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. Do you have something in your life where... Maybe when you're there, oh my God, this is annoying. I don't really like it. It's not exactly my favorite thing to do. And then how much energy does it take from you once you've left? Are you able to put it away? Are you able to set it down? Are you able to hang it up and just release and live your life and the other uh, elements, the other dynamics? Or does it follow you? And does it hang over you like a cloud? And does it sit in the back of your mind? Because one, there's ways to deal with it write it out, talk it out, work on something else, make a podcast. And when it continues to hang over you and hang behind you, at what point do you stand up and look around and say, enough, I'm done, done. <laughs> I I just have a little side note, parking is a little crazy in New York, street parking, any any city probably however, especially in New York City. And my best friend and I have a joke that when we're looking for parking, we'll see certain people who have parked in front of a hydrant, in front of a driveway, in spots that just straight up aren't parking spots. And we have this idea of them driving around and going, you know what? Done. Done. I'm done. And they just accept the consequences. They park in front of the hydrant. They say, I'll take the ticket. They say, I don't care if I'm going to block this person in. They say, I'm done and I'm parking here and I will take whatever comes with that. And done. Done. Now let me tell you what ha happened. So as we all know, this has been building up for quite some time in between all of my jobs shows films months at a time i have worked collectively at this restaurant for 10 years yes it means in between every show every film every rehearsal every trip granted i stayed there because i could leave as frequently as i wanted to and take off whatever time i wanted (laughs) i came back here that's a lot of time to build up the same clientele the same sort of issues or non-issues mind you So let's just put that behind into our minds first. Now, the buildup. It was marathon day, which typically is a crazy day in the city, especially on the Upper West Side. And I had a huge section. I was overworked. I was very exhausted. I had a man who I felt was testing me when in reality, just didn't want to take care of him and his problems. You know, it was things like drinking the wine and saying he didn't like the way the wine glasses smelled and he didn't like the way that the bottle looked and then it was corked and then you know just ridiculous requests and I was full of rage I came in I went straight to work I took the patio I was very busy I didn't get to stop moving for about five and a half hours after I got to work Needless to say, by the time this had happened, I was exhausted. It was built up. I finally got a moment to breathe and I went downstairs and I sat on a pile of napkins in the basement and I cried. I took a breath, breath, I took a breath, I took a breath and I just exploded into tears. And I don't often feel like I have to surrender and beg and that's exactly where I was it wasn't because of this man it wasn't because of the marathon day it was because I had been there for 10 years and I was giving my energy to a community and a place that could not reciprocate it and I cried for a while And I don't cry like that at work. And then recently I've been crying a lot at work and that's how I knew, I mean, I don't do it on the floor, but I, yeah, I had to get out of there. And so one of my friends right away was like, don't worry, I'll close for you, no problem, super sweet. And I left. Then I was supposed to work another day. I had one day off, I took it. And then the next day I was supposed to work and my manager asked me if I wanted to come in because they knew it had been rough. And I had a moment where I knew it was a choice because I didn't want to go in and I thought but I need the money and I was gonna yet again continue the cycle of forcing myself to do something pulling teeth I'm not talking about I don't feel like it I'm talking about there was weight and heavy sand in my soul holding me in one place saying please don't go back And not because there's any malicious intent or evil thing happening where my workplace was. Just that it's not aligned for me anymore. It is not for me. And I could feel it inside my essence, inside my body, and I knew this is not for me. But I have to pay my bills. I have to do the right thing. I have to do the logical thing. How is that the only thing that I can do in order to find a solution? It's not. So my manager asks if I wanna come in and I thought about it and I thought, you know what, this is a moment. Should I go in? Yes, do I want to? No, I really need to take this. So I took a stand for myself and I said, you know what, no, I don't wanna come in. Okay, great, no problem, you got the night off. Great, then you know what happened next? An hour later, I got a message saying, the owner wants you to come in. We're going to be busy. And for one of the first times, I really stood up and I said, no, you already said I don't need to come in. I already made the choice of not coming in. You can't call me back in like that. So I said, no. Okay. Then I said, it's okay. I'm going to rest. I'm going to be ready because the next day I was scheduled to work a double. So I go in for my double the next day and we're training a new server who's been a back server for a while and he was doing really well. So I kind of just oversaw everything that day. I don't normally work during the days, but I did today, that day. (laughs) And I just kind of did side work and didn't you know, pay the tables much mind. And then he needed to take a break. So I took over. And then in walks a woman who is the reason my life changed. She's probably in her late 60s, short chopped hair, baggy t-shirt, bicycle shorts. She was angry and hated life from the second she walked into the restaurant. But that's not the first time I've come across people like that. So, wasn't too concerned. Hmm, a grumpy old white woman in my restaurant. Shocking! You and I should start a club, sis. So she came in, stared at me. Hi, how are you? Found out it was just her. So I extended my arm to a table that was directly in front of us. I said, this table right here is good for you. And she went and sat down. Again, not friendly at all, but I don't need you to be friendly. I just need you to sit down. So she sits down. I do a lap. I come back. And as I approach the table, she says, do you have any more tables? There were several tables open. I said, yeah, uh, every table you see here is open. Do you want to move? I need a menu. Okay, you don't want to use the QR code that's on your table that everyone else uses for their phones? No problem. I didn't say all that. I said, okay, you don't want to use a QR code? No problem. I go and get her the menu. As I walk back, I say, did you want to move? She snatches the menu out of my hand. Did you want to move to another table? No, I'm fine. Oh. Okay, (laughs) because I thought you just told me that you needed other tables. Anyway, I said, every table you see is the table I have, so you can sit at any of them. She didn't want to. Okay, no problem. She has the menu now. I'm going to walk away from this terrifying woman. I go back to take her order. She asks me what is in the risotto. To which I say, squash and cookies. God damn it, New York and your construction. Don't you know I'm recording a podcast? So I said squash and cookies because they put little Amoretti sweet cookies on the risotto. She said, I don't want the cookies. I said, okay, no problem. You want the small one or the large one? Large. Like I should know that. Okay, great. So I get her the dish. It comes out. She eats probably about a third of it. She pushes the bowl away. I notice that she's finished. Mind you, in this time, I also wanna add that the back server came by and went to give her bread to which she said, I don't want that. And the girl said, okay, and she walked away. And then when the girl brought her food, she said, I told you I needed bread. So that's what we're dealing with. Anyway, she's eaten a portion of her food. She's pushed it away and she points to it again and she goes there's butter in this dish. I said yeah. She goes you didn't tell me that. I said okay and to which she proceeds to tell me that it was because I was lazy and I didn't want to go check. I didn't even argue with her because I also didn't tell her there was rice in the risotto or onion or garlic in the risotto which if you have ever made risotto you use onion and rice and butter at least. However, apparently this isn't common knowledge. She also didn't tell me about any dietary restrictions or anything of the sort. So I didn't want to argue with her. And what I normally do when customers are complaining about a dish is I ask them what they'd like to do. Because if they want something else, I'll get them something else. If they want me to get a manager, I'll get a manager. But I don't tell them what to do. I ask them what they'd like to do. So I said, well, what would you like to do about it? Because quite frankly, I don't care. I didn't say that. What would you like to do about it? And she said, well, what would you like to do about it? I said, I can get my manager because I'm not falling into this nasty negative frequency that you're sitting in. Sorry, you hate your life. And she said, yeah, I think that'd be great. So I get my manager. They talk, whatever it transpires into turns into her not paying for anything. Now, here's the thing that changes is normally... When a customer is upset or would be upset about something, which doesn't happen frequently with me, I would walk to the back. I would hide. I would sit in the back and I would wait for her to leave and I would say good riddance. But I had time today and I wanted her to say something because she was pretty nasty to me. I'm, of course, paraphrasing everything that happened, but you didn't receive the tone and the sharpness with which she bit So I went to the front by the cash register and just stood there, just stood there to see if she would say something. And I looked her in the eyes as she walked by and she went off on me. Yeah, I can't believe you did this. You're going to kill someone. Someone could have an allergy, and then they're going to die, and then they're going to sue you, which is amazing for someone to be able to sue you after they've died. And then they're going to sue the restaurant, and they're going to sue you because you killed them, blah, blah, blah. What if if it was nuts, and you were too lazy to go back and ask, and da, 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 da. God knows what else she said. To which I nodded, and I had a smirk on my face because... I wasn't laughing, but I'm also like, I just don't care that there was butter in your risotto and you don't have the capacity or the understanding to inform people about any dietary restrictions or say I can't have dairy or say I can't, whatever. Just, I'm just not going to get upset about this non-issue, ma'am. And then I said, I'm really sorry I upset you. She said, oh, don't you put this on me. And I said, you are putting this on yourself, ma'am. Then she continued going, do your job. I I have kids, you were too lazy to go to the back. I have kids your age and they wouldn't, do your fucking job. And as she continued to say all these crazy things to me and going off and off and yelling, she's yelling at this point, everyone in the restaurant is watching her scream at me. I was just saying, okay 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 i was protect protecting myself energetically and not allowing her to affect me i just her issue was just not about risotto and butter and i knew that much and i refused to adopt and adapt to her frequency and because i wasn't upset or crying or allowing her to have this power over me she said you think this is funny And I looked her straight in the eye and I said, I don't think this is funny, ma'am. I'm just refusing to adopt your anger. Well, you know, what happens when you refuse to participate in chaos? The chaos will just storm off in itself and swirl up and get even more upset. And that's when she went off on a rampage, even more extreme. And she said, I have children your age. And I said my one snarky remark, well, thank God you're not my mother. (laughs) Whether she heard it or not, I don't know. So she screamed, she left and I was upset. I was a little shook up because I just had some woman scream at me about butter. Anyway, I took my break. I went around the corner, I'm having a glass of wine, relaxing, bitching to one, this waitress at the restaurant and she was this other restaurant and she was awesome and making me feel better and then gave me a glass of wine on the house. And then I get a message from my manager that this woman has returned back to the restaurant. Asking about me, asking my coworkers what my name is. Who is she? Is she from the Midwest? I bet she's an actress. Na 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 nah. Like, ma'am, the time you had to take out of your day and the energy you are expelling because there was butter in risotto and I didn't say it to you when you like. Oh my god! And I apologize, and she just got even more upset. Anyway. She eventually left. I don't even know what happened with her, and I frankly don't care. I was so upset that I worked in a place where I wasn't defended, where she was allowed to speak to me that way, where she still didn't have to pay after throwing a tantrum, Y'all, customer service sometimes is not service. The customer is not always right. Sometimes they are toxic and they are projecting their shit on you and they hate their lives and they want to make it your fault. And unfortunately, there are plenty of people who think certain individuals in certain roles and certain jobs deserve this more than others. They don't. I mean, why do you think people ask what you do for a living when they meet you so they can assign what level of respect they owe you? God forbid you just take a person for what they're worth and what they're offering in front of you. So I came back and as I walk in, my boss, the owner, asks me how I'm doing. And I couldn't even answer him. I just laughed because I still had to work another shift. So I'm shaky, uh, I'm not crying yet, I go downstairs, shake it off. I put my apron on and I come back up to work for my second shift. Mind you, <laughs> directly before this happened in the in the afternoon, I was saying something about how I wanted a different job. I needed a different job. And one of my coworkers asked me, why do you want a new job? Directly before that happened with that woman. So as soon as she walked out the door, I turned to him and I went, that's why I want a new job. <laughs> so here we are. We're back. It's the second shift. I'm getting ready to work. I start taking an order. And my boss says, are you okay? Again. And I just shook my head. And he said, let's go outside and talk. Now, when, you're, when the universe is sending you messages through the owner of the job that you hate, you know what? It's the unsuspecting sources that tell you what to do that, uh, that sometimes hit the most. And essentially our conversation boiled down to he knew that woman was not well and it wasn't about that, but he knows me. He knows this isn't where he said, I know Tiffany Stoker doesn't stay here forever. I know this isn't your last spot where you work. I know I'm lucky every day I have you. I know you've built this place up. I mean, I didn't build it up like that, but he said, I know you're the foundation. And he really gave me my credit and my kudos. I know the core people who have worked here and the employees. I know what we've built together, what we've worked together. And he really showed me compassion. And then he said, you know, with all the input and output, I understand why you work here. I understand the money for the time. It's worth your while. You can do your other work. You can build what else you're working on. And then he said, You honestly need to ask yourself, and I want to bring a lot of spotlight to this moment and this question, because a lot of you need to ask yourself this question too. He said, how many days a week do you come here unhappy? How many days, how many shifts do you come here not wanting to be here? Take a breath. Because my answer was every goddamn day. Every day I put on a face, every day. And I knew it got worse because I always showed up the past few months in full-fledged makeup, hair done, looking amazing because it was the only tool I had left to shift myself, to get myself hyped up to do it. Makeup, hair, Heels, coat, I had to get ready and turn up and turn out because I didn't wanna be there and I felt like if I played this character, if I put on this face, if I just played my acting role, I am a trained actress, why can't I do this? Because it's not a role, it's not a show, it's my life and I am pretending and I am not having the connections and interactions and authentic connections with humans that I know is possible, that I know I'm capable of and this is not for me. I think Jim Carrey said it, but I've heard it said that depression is your avatar telling you that it's tired of the character you're playing. What character are you playing and whose show is it? Because, baby, I have news for you. The only character that you should be playing in anybody's show is your fucking life because you are the lead. You are the main role. You are the main character. I am the star of my show, not of yours. So if you are genuinely unhappy and miserable and you can't explain it, but you can feel it in your body that you can't do this anymore, then stop. Please stop. Enough. Done. Park in front of the fire hydrant and call it a day, baby. The universe will come take care of you. That doesn't mean you don't have to get off your ass and apply for other jobs. But you will be amazed at the miracles and the unexpected things that come into your life when you release what you think you have to do what you should do stop shoulding on yourself my darlings depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of plaguing this character so stop playing a character and just play Depression calls for deep rest. So after my boss asked me this, he said, I think you should go home tonight. I said, I do too. He said, do you wanna go? And he he did ask if I wanted to. I said, yes. He said, do you wanna take the week off? I said, yes, right away. And I walked inside crying. I was crying a lot, not uncontrollably. I was trying to hold it together, but I was fucking emotional. And I walked downstairs and I got my stuff and my chef came down and he saw me and he just went, no. And he looked at me and I patted his heart on on his chest. And I said, I'm going to be okay. And as I walked up those steps of the basement of this restaurant that I had worked in for 10 years, I hadn't quit, but I knew I was done. And I knew that was the last shift I was ever going to work there. Take a breath. How did that feel? Hearing my story? You want to quit? What came to mind? Did you think of something that doesn't serve you? What stories are you telling yourself about your reality that are preventing you from expanding or finding something new or something better and up-leveling your life? Because for a really long time, I told myself that security and money and the way to pay my bills was through this restaurant job. I limited myself because I thought, this is where it comes from. This is the source. No, that's just the only source you know of right now. You aren't even giving yourself time or space or the energy to explore elsewhere because the thing that is draining you and weighing you down is preventing you from even looking somewhere else. And once you realize that something is no longer for you, can you give yourself permission to look somewhere else? And if you don't have the time and energy, do you have the faith And the trust in your own power to pick yourself up if you you, you fall. What happens if you just take a step? What happens if you break the thing you think cannot be broken? You're going to shake. It's going to be scary. You're not going to get your balance right away. But eventually you will. And I know we forget this as adults because we get good at things. We have classes. We become wise at things. We become knowledgeable about subjects and topics and skills. And what happens when you have to learn again? Can you give yourself permission? Can you humble yourself enough to say where I am and what I'm doing is not working? And something needs to change. The only thing you can change is your goddamn self. You can't change the way that job works. You can change the way you work in that job. You can't change the way that person talks to you. You can change the way you speak to people. You can't control when people are gonna erupt, but you can control when you leave if it happens more than it should. Because your body is so wise, just as wise, if not more intuitive and wise than your mind. What stories are you telling yourself? How are you holding yourself back from expansion? Expansion and up-leveling and rising does not always feel good. In fact, most of the time it doesn't. In fact, most of the time we have to destroy. Things have to crumble. You have to burn it to the ground before you can build something new. Can you take that risk? Can you lose something? Can you be uncomfortable enough because you know in the long run it's going to be worth it? When you book that vacation to that tropical island, you're not just there immediately. You wake up that day You got to get on the plane. You got to pack. You got to get in the car. You got to be uncomfortable. Maybe you have to pee and you can't find a bathroom. Maybe you're hungry and you can't eat anything from this place. Maybe you don't have money to go buy stuff at the airport. You're going to be uncomfortable. But eventually you know you're going to get to vacation. You know that these steps will take you to your bliss. So my challenge to you is to be brave enough to be uncomfortable in the ultimate goal of knowing what you hold in your life. If you have a dream for something, if you have a vision for something, if you have a desire for something, it is inside of you, it is inside of your body, and it is possible, and it is your job, it is your responsibility to create and bring it to life. So get this toxic shit Out of your life, the person, the job, the place, the story you're telling yourself, the family member who doesn't support you, the person who says they are there for you, but their actions show differently. Get it out of your life and go find what you want because, baby, you fucking deserve it. You deserve it. Take a breath. Everything that's within us is meant to be created. We don't always know what it's gonna look like, but if there's an undercurrent within you that's telling you to do something, I encourage you and I invite you to hold yourself and meet yourself somewhere, whether it's 30 seconds of breathing or a meditation or one page of a journal entry, and find out what needs to come and what needs to go. I don't have it all figured out, but I do know I made the right step. And my life is only going up from here. It might be a little bit of a wave. It might go up and down and up and down. But baby, the general forecast is winning. Winning! love you. Hold your vision. Think about what you want. Dream about what you want. Write out what you want. And look at all of the things in your life that can't get you there. Because if it's not for you, it's against you. Yourself included. Be for yourself. know when to go thank you for listening i love you so much if you're interested in that journal it's intentional rising and the intentional rising journal is available on amazon it's great for a christmas gift or just a way to gift yourself and you don't need the journal to do that either but show up for yourself baby whatever that looks like Only you know.